that's so interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. Very interesting. Marty, that was very interesting. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to That's So Interesting, the podcast where we discuss what we think are objectively interesting things. I'm Graham, and today we're going to be talking about the beautiful season of summer, all the great things that you can get up to, and the benefits that that extended sunshine can bring for those of you in North America, at least. As always, with me today are Brandon and Brian. Fellas, how are you doing today? Absolutely fantastic. Happy to be here. You're always happy to be here. Of course. I respect it. I love this. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Brian, do you have something to share? Are you not happy to be here? No, I know. <laughs> he just, he always says that he's happy to be here, and I, I appreciate that. Well, I'm not going to lie. I feel like. Well, that's good. Lying doesn't do anybody any good, you know? It, you're right. Brian, how are you? Don't, don't skip oh. over the question. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I am delightful. Made some jerk chicken for dinner on the barbecue. So can't wait to chow down on that for lunch tomorrow. Nice. Is, is this the uh, remanufactured work barbecue? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. It is uh, has been taken to the shop, invested in, you know, had to spend a couple bucks, but she's back up and running. Can you Can you quickly give the fans a little rundown of what that whole story entails and where we where we are today oh i just needed a barbecue and uh work was gonna throw one out and i'm a type of guy who doesn't like things going to the landfill so we took her home and got her rigged up not much more to it to be honest why were they gonna throw it away was it broken or something? yeah it was it was missing parts was broken had been outside for a little while um already had two functioning ones so just didn't yeah, you're need just it. such a can-do guy you're like you don't see waste you see opportunity i hate throwing things out it oh it kills me <laughs> it kills my soul have you have you been doing a lot of barbecuing with this uh with this barbecue in the summertime enough enough i think we just got it like it took me about two weeks to get it up and running um so that brought us to like about a week and a half ago and right. ever since then we've been do it all right. Oh, lots of time left to barbecue. Oh, I feel like I'm a I'm somebody who, like I'll go out in the winter and barbecue. I don't care. Oh, you're one of those guys. Oh, what do I in care? The winter tires, eh? <laughs> if it tastes good, right, guys? Like it's. I think it's worth doing it. Yeah, I just feel like you can prepare meat in a similar way indoors. Yo, you're not wrong. Okay, I I would not argue you on that. <laughs> but it sounds like that is. A big benefit of summer, right? Warmer days, more incentive to be outside. Yeah, less I think layers. just being outside is is always uh, it's always nice. It's a treat. Can you can you guys tell me about this? Feels like fifty degree weather you guys had. I don't want to, but since you asked, I guess I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying we... to think about being back at the hub with no air conditioning having to suffer through feels like 50 degree weather. Yeah, that's uh that's me right now because the people I'm renting for lied to me, but I won't go into that. But um yeah, it's uh it's really hot and it's really humid. 
And so what that looks like is just perspiring from existing. Like you don't really have to, <laughs> you know, do anything to start sweating now, um, which is great. And it's actually one of the benefits that, that I wanted to talk about um, how summer is always cutting season and you can so easily lose all of the water weight that you have, but also get dehydrated. Um, so it's a very fine line that you have to uh, definitely be aware of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this this weather, it, it, it seems like I'm at risk of a sunburn as soon as I step outside. Yeah, I was super fortunate. I got to play in a golf tournament on Friday, a charity tournament. And it was hot, 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 hot. Um, but at the same time, I have told myself, because I haven't been committed to this in the past, I will not complain about the heat this year. I will comment on it, but I will not say, oh, I wish it wasn't so hot. Because... Yeah. I feel like we're so fortunate to have snow, skiing, kiteboarding, and then being able to go and wakeboard and swim and sea do and play sports in the summer at the same time outdoors. You're much more optimistic yeah. than me. This uh, <laughs> this this feels and reminds me of Southeast Asia from when I was there. Not that that's a bad thing per se, but just the most taxing weather really that yeah. I've ever um, personally experienced and from the professional side of things it's a nightmare with uh kids camps oh man just i don't the, envy the you. guidelines just with the guidelines in place uh to keep kids safe they pretty much were able to get the kids out like last week we were able to get the kids out from between nine fifteen to around nine uh sorry ten thirty for about an hour 15 before uh the kids had to be at 50% rest, 50% play. And then by 11 a.m., the fields were closed and we weren't able to participate um, in pretty much any physical activity outside. Were all the fields Jeez. closed? They, so they're not officially closed by university mandate, but in terms of child activity on gotcha. them, we were unable to, given our guidelines, participate outdoors. Got you, got you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just really, really crippling when you're trying to get kids tired in a really safe way and hydrated way, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with the weather that we're having, it's, uh, yeah, it's a rough go. And, and one of the weirdest things that I find is it's all over the place in terms of like the continent of the country where other areas that even traditionally have been hot are not as hot or you know just sort of all messed up and whack like brandon what's it like up in edmonton uh rain and thunderstorms almost every day like we're lucky if we get one day a week of like clear skies and sunshine yeah but if you look at most places even most places in alberta in general um like i went camping this weekend and it was hard for me to find somewhere in alberta that wasn't going to be rainy hmm. like all throughout Calgary, Edmonton, um, Banff, Jasper, anywhere in between anywhere South, uh, or West or even East. It felt like the only place I could go was North and there was chance of showers. And it's been like that. It feels like the past month and a half. And I don't know if that's normal, but like, it feels like we're getting more rain than we would in Vancouver. So it's, uh, wow. it's been interesting that way. Yeah. That's significant too. More than Vancouver. Yeah. 
but yeah, I'm I I sit with Brian, especially after having experienced this past winter in Edmonton, that uh, I will never ever complain about the heat ever again. You know, like I would much rather take a plus forty than a minus forty any day of the week, hundred percent. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure like that. I I can only imagine that's the popular opinion and i know that i'm way in the minority but um, yeah like i know that like being super hot all the time especially when you're indoors because that's the one thing about the winter time is that if it's cold outside you can still go inside and be warm Mm -hmm. whereas when it's hot in the summer you know there's really nowhere you can go you know unless you have air conditioning to escape the heat Uh, i've been taking laps in the cif arena (laughs) i've been walking around the ice hockey rink Oh, I was confused. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing follow the leader. Um, yeah. So even though um, I still think I still think I would rather have 40 over minus 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I promise I promise to not be a Scrooge through all this. And something that I actually am really jazzed about that I'd be happy to share in terms of how I am benefiting from the warm weather is disc golf. Guys, have you ever played disc golf before? Yes. Oh, yeah. Frig. No, I've we never should play played. sometime. Oh man. It's so great. I uh Ellie and I went to like the U Waterloo Columbia Lake course today and it's just it's just so much fun. It's like a walk in the park. You don't have to be good at throwing the disc. You know, you just get more of your money's worth if you have to throw it more times. Sure, sure and yeah. It's just such a fun challenge and fun way to be social and and be outdoors. Um, As you know, someone who's transitioning, I guess, from ultimate frisbee to disc golf and trying to build up that skill, um, because I was surprised how different they were. Um, It sounds like you're in the very recreation stage of this sport. Yes, (laughs) you know, yeah, (laughs) doesn't care about outcome or result. Doesn't care about skill level. Only interested in fun. Yeah, which is... You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and you guys have known me for a while, and I would say this is a big step of improvement for me. And for not sure. just wanting to calculate or, or keep track of how many times I'm under par or, or crap like that yeah. on every single you know time out. Like, I'm still learning. I'm, like, watching YouTube videos of how to properly throw a disc. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's just different. And um, the diversity and the different types of discs that exist and stuff is pretty mind-boggling. And how far um, you can throw them is crazy. It's insane. Like, I, when you say how far you can throw them, I know you're not talking about me, Brian, but I know you're talking about people who are good at disc golf. Well, e- like, I, I even once you learn how to like throw them, how, how far you can just huck it compared to Rip a regular them. Frisbee. Like yeah. a, an, uh, yeah, exactly. say an ultimate regulation disc for yeah. competition. I can't throw that nearly as far as when I've picked up a disc golf set, like the driver of Frisbees and hucked yeah. it and it just flies. Yeah, it sails. So that's, uh, that's probably the newest, most exciting benefit of summer and thing that I'm enjoying right now because it's, it's just so much fun and such a, a mental challenge at the same time to focus on form and um and practice that way but then also like you know you can just jam and and, and chat and talk in between throws and stuff and yeah it's we'll have to play after work 
Yeah. So I'd let like me. That. Sorry, Grant. Let me ask you about this. How similar is the disc golf form to ultimate frisbee form? It, like I'm not going to exaggerate. Exaggerate it. Generally, it's similar in the sense that a backhand is a backhand and a forehand is a forehand. Um, one primary difference is the um, sort of pre-throw form that you have in terms of the build-up to the the shot. So it's more similar to the first pull of an ultimate point, where you can take a few steps and then an X step, uh, which mm-hmm. is like a crossover grapevine step to generate yep. power and throw it downfield. So that's consistent in um, like most longer drive shots in ultimate um, in terms of like the footwork. But the, the main difference that I've found, again, just speaking as a beginner, is um, really trying to punch forward with, with, your, th- with your throw and releasing um, directly in front of you and not following through with your arm like all the way around, but really trying to, to push the disc where you want it to go. Um, and being aware of the different discs that you have and which one you're using in that moment. Because I was very frustrated when I started first with disc golf and I was picking up the driver disc and I kept consistently throwing it to the left um, in the sense that like I would throw it and then it would break hard to the left. Right. And I was like upset because all like for the past couple <laughs> years I could throw an ultimate disc straight. So like, what the heck is wrong with me? Um, and as it turns out, I was holding a disc that unless you threw it at a certain minimal velocity that I wasn't achieving, it was going to do that every single time, no matter how I bent my wrist and you know everything else. And so it was this big learning curve that. I actually required more technical work to learn about how to like pull my arm all the way back and release through. So to summarize, sorry, I know I just went on a little um, tangent. I would compare them like badminton and tennis. With badminton, it's a lot of wrist action and uh, quick flicks. And so I would say that that's ultimate because, you know, you're not necessarily ripping all the way down the field all the time, but, you know, you're putting spin on the disc to allow it to float to your teammate with disc golf you're pulling all the way through the tunnel as i like to say where you're keeping it on the same plane Mm -hmm. all the way through and powering through with a straight wrist and punching it forward to generate the most maximal velocity to get the disc towards the pin and so that's how i would differentiate and is that true with every disc because i know there's different discs to simulate different clubs yes so for instance like a different disc would require that same full range of motion in order to throw. Yeah, good a question. Distance, not necessarily. Um, like it, it is then a bit of like a, a judgment game and everything like that. Um, it would be a bit of a, a trade off as you get shorter. You might choose a, a mid range disc, so to speak, but then you would still need a larger arm pull to get it the more precise distance. Uh, right so then, similar to golf in that way yeah yeah there's like different strokes so to speak um, right but in terms of like your swing is relatively the same for every club but if you want to go a larger distance you club up and if you want to go a shorter different distance you'll club down but the swing itself there's a full gen- swing yeah yeah generally speaking it it is consistent like that although like if 
you're just trying to finesse something, you definitely wouldn't like go full bore and right. like lunge right. into it. But right. um, like the motion, like the the planar, like you know, same level um, follow through is pretty consistent. Um, and then it changes a bit again for putting, so to speak, uh, air quotes here, um, when yeah. you get close to the, to the basket. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we are getting off topic, but it just, uh, it sparked an idea for an interesting research study. Yeah. Um, looking at transfer of disc golf technique to ultimate and having to throw with different size discs. Cause one of the things that I'm exploring is like, um, this concept of repetition without repetition mm -hmm. and it's how can you get better at something uh without having to necessarily rep it a billion times right right like how can we make that teaching and learning aspect more efficient than it traditionally is and yeah. one thing that people explore like for example in basketball shooting free throws it's suggested that uh in order to get better at shooting free throws which is a set point on the floor mm -hmm. we should be practicing shooting from a foot in and a foot behind to add contextual interference uh, to create more of like a motor learning mapping mm -hmm. piece to be better. So in a disc golf sense, I wonder if throwing with different sized discs actually improves your ability to throw an ultimate. That would be interesting to me. Like if you've ever played ultimate since playing disc golf, mm -hmm. if you find that you're a better or worse ultimate player, or if you're able to use some of the skills from or technique things from disc golf and apply them to ultimate yeah that would be fascinating i'll uh i'll try to keep that in mind and i'll report back maybe on a future episode yeah just see i mean like just that. see if you because it, it would make sense based on that theory that you would struggle going from ultimate to disc golf yes because ultimate is like you mentioned it's one size disc and it's you know relatively one type of throw right now you're adding your taking away power but you have your forehand backhand your hammer and um whereas disc golf it's so varied there's a lot of contextual interference so uh, yeah i don't want to get too into it but i just think it's quite interesting <laughs> yeah uh, when you're not playing disc golf this summer what else have you been doing oh man um i've been using bug spray a lot no i um <laughs> i <laughs> i've been able to get out um hiking a, a decent amount and uh just sort of immersing in, in nature that way uh which i've really been enjoying um pretty low-key like nothing um remarkable or noteworthy per se with the hikes themselves but just really enjoying the uh the nature bathing so to speak and um yeah i'm just trying to fight for my life with with sunscreen and uh managed <laughs> to get a bit of color without getting much at all and yeah um, i feel you yeah yeah, it's uh it's a very 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 fine line which I'm trying to walk carefully. But yeah, have you what have your experiences this summer been with the sun for you guys? Brandon, I'll let you hang hammer at that first. Oh, I was going to say I feel like I've been talking. So That's okay. But... I like your voice. Oh, thanks man. Um yeah, I mean, the sun has never been a good friend of mine. I love the sun. I love what it does for uh, the weather. I would rather have sun than no sun. But uh, yeah, it's not great for my skin. <laughs> I burn quite easily. Um, and it's incredible. Like Because I spend a lot of time in the water in the summertime, I forget 
how deadly the sun can be. So for example, you know, I was on the water kayaking yesterday and it was overcast and the sun was hidden from the clouds for, you know, if I was on the water for an hour and a half, it was probably hidden for an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm kayaking and I get back and I get home and my arms are completely red, completely burnt. And I like, really, I was only exposed to the sun for half an hour. If you were out walking, wouldn't have been an issue, but because I'm on the water, the sun's reflecting yeah. off of the water. So not only am I getting hit from the sun directly, but I'm getting hit again from the sun's rays reflecting back off the water. Um, and then, you know, they say that even if there's clouds in the sky, if you can uh, still see a shadow on your arms, if you put your hand over your arm and you still see a shadow, it means that there's still some UV rays getting through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, and I'm, like I put on sunscreen, <laughs> but... Uh, it just doesn't really seem to matter after a point. And maybe I need to reapply and be better reapplying or, um, you know, avoid kayaking at certain times of the day when the sun is at its strongest. But uh, yeah, man, the sun's deadly. I think you mentioned bug spray. Yep. I would rather get sunburned than have to deal with bugs. So Ooh, how bad is the sunburn that we're talking about, sun? though? Doesn't matter. Oh my what god, bugs are biting you're you. crazy. Well, but like that's what I'm saying. If you're talking like if you equalize the severity of sunburn to bugs, I would take a sunburn over bug bites. No. Because the sunburn, I feel like I can still enjoy myself during the activity when I'm getting sunburned. You just can't go back outside for four days. Yeah, but bug bites, you can't go anywhere. You're itching, you're in pain after it's done, and you didn't get to enjoy the activity. Like, I feel like if I'm on a hike and there's tons of bugs everywhere, it's just not enjoyable. I find, like, I'm having to wear extra, you know, I'm having to wear layers to cover all my skin because I don't want to wear bug spray. Or I'm having to put on bug spray and it doesn't really work. Bugs are flying around. They're in your ears. They're, like, constantly pestering you. It's just not enjoyable. I would rather fully enjoy the activity that I'm trying to do. Interesting. And then deal with the sunburn later. Uh, Yeah, I'd rather bug bites all day. You'd yeah. rather have like black fi- black fly or horsefly bites, yeah, than a sunburn. Yeah. The sunburn you get a tan after. No, I mm, peel. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so Sh- Shane and I were out. We were playing soccer this morning from like nine forty-five to ten, say eleven o'clock, and I like I'm burnt right now, and I was out for an hour and fifteen minutes. Like yeah, great. Did you enjoy playing this morning? It was okay. I was felt hot though. I wish I was a little cooler, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, is I feel like they're two different things. Bug bites in the moment are annoying, but I can deal with them much easier after the fact because I don't get super itchy unless I'm itching that area. Like if I don't itch my feet where I have a bug bite psychologically i don't remember that there's a bug bite on my foot if that makes mm-hmm. sense 100 whereas 100 and in the moment it may be irritating but i can still go and do activities for th- the next day two days three days later four days later if i get a sunburn man i can't even i can't even shower you like stick your toe in the shower and you're like ah, i'm dying what are you showering in boiling water Oh my goodness. 
leaving a little bit of heat when I have a sunburn, I can't. Yeah, it kills me. Cold water showers, man. Oh, you chicken crazy. I do love a good no. cold shower. A cold shower uh, is yeah. good every now showers. and then, but not every shower. Hmm. I agree to disagree. I, <laughs> I think I'm so torn on this. Uh, I think I would take a sunburn. I just I like bugs because it like it, it for me. Part of the bug bite side is being bothered by bugs through the experience. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. And, and so to be slapping myself, silly, and spending my day like that, and then suffering through after, that oh, that I don't think I can do that. Whereas with a sunburn, it's really bad. And I think you guys both know how much I despise sunburns. But... It's, oh, you, you, you were able, in theory, to have fun while it happened. And you, like, you can slap some aloe on there and just immobilize yourself. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And also, like, you get a nice bug bite on your face. Oh, that's rough, man. Yeah. I, I don't disagree, but a sunburn here has this. I got two spots for a sunburn. One is the back of the knees slash the calves. I consider that to be the, oh, same, yeah. area, the same area. Yeah. You get a sunburn yeah, there. A you can't do yeah. anything. You can't even put on <laughs> boxers. Yeah, that is a bad one. I mean, <laughs> the second is Graham's right. Tops of the feet. Yeah. If you've ever oh, yeah. burnt the top of your foot so bad that it's yeah. like bl- not blistering, but it's peeling, oh, you, you can't even yeah. walk. Yeah, <laughs> life's not fun if I can't no, walk. Just, when when we went we went to Mexico as a family with a, a another friend of ours family. Uh, when I was in grade ten, I want to say grade nine, grade ten. Mm-hmm. The very first day we put on sunscreen, and it was actually the same resort that we went to, Graham. Um, the yep. very first day, second degree burns on my back. Oh. Second degree? <laughs> second degree, yeah. So I don't want to get too graphic, but it's blistering with uh, not water. Um, Anyways, they, I mean, it's a it's a resort in Mexico. They get this stuff all the time. I went to go see the doctor on the property, and they gave me uh, pills and a cream uh, to kind of apply. But it's safe to say I was out, like literally out for like the next two days. The very next day, we went whale watching. Uh, sorry, we went uh, swimming with whale sharks. And I grew up on a boat. I've never gotten seasick. I don't get seasick. Uh, we were on the water for like 15 minutes and because of how much sun exposure I had the day before, huh. um, yeah, it did not keep down any food. It just ruined basically half of the vacation. I couldn't move. I couldn't move my shoulders. Like everything was uncomfortable. I would still go through that again, then have that same severity and bug bites. If you had that same severity of bug bites, you'd be in the hospital and you probably should have been regardless like getting some fluids right. or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't third degree where like my skin was black. But, I think um, 
I think we've all made excellent points here on the bug bites versus sunscreen debate. <laughs> and we but you want to get some other along. benefits of summer. Yeah, did uh, so I put together a small little top five list of my top five summer activities. Yes, you can agree, disagree, but it's my top five. Yep. Uh, a little bit of recency bias. Number one. What do you think? Should I start at number one or number five? Can I guess what number one is? <laughs> All right, then we'll, we'll go. We'll start at number five. <laughs> <laughs> go, team. All right, number five, and you guys probably agree that this is probably in your top five. Going for ice cream. Mm. Is there anything better in summertime, especially when it's super hot, um, than going for some ice is cream? Gel- is gelato in that category? You can count gelato. Oh. You know, Baklava gelato. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just talking about a nice cold treat in summer. And there's yeah. no, I feel like there's nothing better than walking to go get your ice cream. Because it feels like you've earned the ice cream as opposed to driving down, right? Or driving to somewhere. Maybe you're driving down, like in Richmond, we can drive into Steveston. And you're kind of walking around the pier and stuff like that. There's a walking element. But if you're just driving up to a Dairy Queen, I don't think it has the same effect. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyways, yeah, for sure. That's number five. Brandon, you know what that? Sorry to completely interject on your top five. You know what uh, story that reminds me of with our with walking <laughs> to go to get ice cream? What? When you, Christina, and I were up on Manitoulin Island, and we were waiting for the Chichimon ferry to bring us back down to the Bruce Peninsula. Oh my god! We were walking back towards the port town, and yeah. like. A civilized person i was walking on the left side of the road facing traffic but you refused to cross <laughs> because you knew for a fact that the ice cream was up ahead on the right hand side of the road <laughs> and i have video evidence of this quoting you yeah was i wrong nope but man <laughs> does that ever ratify and justify your your number five hopefully i have video evidence for <laughs> That's a four amazing. through one well, was there a crosswalk for me to cross the road? No. It's the okay. country. So what are we talking about here? <laughs> You're right. Excuse uh, me. Number it's four. It's actually actually a good segue into number four. Going for walks. <laughs> this is something I just like, I don't think people do enough of in the summertime. It's just like going for walks and going inside. Now, like I live in a very nice area in Edmonton that's right near the River Valley. So there's lots of trails and um you know, it's, it's nice. Lots of nice places to go for walks along the river and see some views and like whatever. But um, yeah, just like getting outside and just going for a nice walk. Doesn't matter how long it is. You know, it could be fifteen minutes, it could be two hours. You know, but uh, when the weather's nice, the sun is shining, you're just going for a stroll. Nowhere to be, nothing to do, just enjoying the outdoors. Uh, number three, similar to going for a walk, going for a hike. Love me a good hike, mm. especially in the mountains. Like you get some elevation gain. There's a nice picture photo opportunity at the end at the top when you can see the entire mountain range. Um, yeah, nothing beats it except for when there's bugs and I can't stand it and I don't want to go. What's the difference between Number a two? walk and a hike? Oh, great question. To me, a hike is... Um, like there is a scenic destination along the way or out of the way or 
um, you need to travel some distance to get to this hiking opportunity. Cool. I like it. Destination based. Does it fall? Is it one of those things where all hikes are walks, but not all walks are hikes? I think Probably so. something along there. I'll allow it. I think that sounds good. That's a great way uh, to describe it. <laughs> Number two, recency bias, camping. I forgot how much I loved camping. And you, I mean, I, I acknowledge that you can camp at any time in the year. It doesn't need to be the summertime. But I'm not about, like, sleeping when you camp is the worst part of camping. Because you're cold. And it's uncomfortable. And it's... It just sucks. I'm not about to compound that with minus 10, 20 weather in the wintertime when the weather's awful and there's no sunlight. Pansy. So I will say <laughs> in terms of <laughs> summer activity, camping in the summertime, fantastic. And you don't even need to go with anybody. I'm going to sound like a huge loner, but I went camping literally by myself. That's sweet. I just packed up my car, packed up my stuff, and uh, went camping. And I loved it. And I thought I was going to be lonely or bored or whatever. No, it was fantastic. Just did what I wanted, whenever I wanted. It was calm. It was relaxing. I'm going to do it again for sure. Uh, <laughs> number one? <laughs> What's my number one, Brian? Kayaking? <laughs> Kayaking 100%. Number one. <laughs> what is better? I don't, like, I don't know if it's because I grew up on the water. Or like, if there's like a history on my dad's side of like sailing and growing up on boats and all that kind of stuff. Um, or if it's just like human nature to want to be by the water, but there's just something about being on the water. Okay. Moana in the sun. When, uh, that just puts me at peace. Like it just makes me so happy. I love doing it. Um, and it can be a river, a lake, you know, I don't necessarily have to have a goal in mind. Like, I want to get X amount of kilometers in or nautical miles, if we're going to talk boating terms, or, like, however long I need to be out there. It's just a good time. Just a great time. So, anyways, that's I, my top five. I date that. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I also have a follow-up question regarding nautical miles. Yeah. Is that the nautical imperial system, and are there nautical kilometers? Uh, I do not believe there are nautical kilometers. Okay, uh, I'm not, I don't think so. Uh, I was genuine. I was genuinely curious. No, I. I wasn't no, I sure think if they that's just, call just them universal miles. Um, oh, I'm gonna screw up the conversion, but I think one nautical mile is like 1.2 kilometers, or something. That's like really a interesting. mile, a nautical mile, and a kilometer are all, um relatively close right like if if one mile is 1.6 kilometers and i think a nautical mile is 1.2 kilometers i right could be wrong but um heaven forbid they're all the same distance yeah uh, yeah listen I, <laughs> i'm, <laughs> I'm not it up i'm not yeah no of course not i just it's like just what they measure i just get a kick out of yeah. people in history doing things <laughs> that's sweet brian uh what are you some what are you, some of your benefits of summer you've been barbecuing yeah what else so i don't have a particular order if that's okay 
Because that's that's more of like my my type B personality. However, I'm gonna put. You trying to bring up the fact that I'm type A? Is that what you're saying? I'm just maybe revisiting <laughs> a topic from our first season of our podcast, but uh, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first is golfing, and before anybody rolls their eyes or gives me a groan, I do not play golf traditionally. I'm not your, uh, that's a lie. I am your white man who plays golf. However, <laughs> Break that down not, for us. I'm not the one who shows up to the country club, like has to have everything formalized. And like, there's no process that really has to be followed. And I think the rules of golf etiquette are a pain in the butt. So I go and I have fun. I bring a big speaker, lots of drinks. You go, <laughs> you have a good time. If you lose a ball, no one gets mad. It's all about socializing and being there with friends and doing something that, you know, a sport that you're interested in. So that's why I like golfing because you're out in the sunshine, you're with friends, you're listening to music, you're drinking. You really can't complain. Wow. Freaking kids these days. That, Ruining the great sport of golf. That type of golf sounds pretty good, eh, Brandon? Speakers. <laughs> Minus the drinking for you. I think that sounds great, and I think that can all be easily applied to disc golf, just for the record. Yes, but I think so, too. On. I think we can get a wagon full of beer, a nice sound system. Yeah. Ultimate ears. I'll bring them. Um, two, my or my second, is... I'm going to go with the general term of swimming. Oh, and that nice. could be swimming off a dock. It can be swimming in off a boat. In a pool. It doesn't really matter. Just being in Once water. I'm in the water, I it's a tough for me to get out other than to reapply my sunscreen. Mm. There's just something about it that's quite enjoyable to me and refreshing and relaxing. <laughs> and you guys know from Christina's pool parties that... Once I'm there and I get in the water, I'm water trampoline, water trampoline, water trampoline, water trampoline until oh, yeah. we go home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk to me about some good one-on-one pool basketball. Oh. That's where it's at. And act, and I'm not just saying swimming either in the pool, like activities, games, floaties, you name it. Let's get after it. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Three is a new one for me this year, but it is road cycling. Ooh. I went for my first ride of the year on January. I forget what date it was, but it was the second week of January. And it was one degree outside and thought, hey, the roads are clear of snow. Let's do this. I had the most miserable time in the winter. It was <laughs> cold. <laughs> no other cyclists were out there. However, as of late, and even with training for the triathlon, but even after... Last weekend, I went for a 30-kilometer bike ride, 35-kilometer bike ride just by myself. I jumped on my bike one afternoon and headed out and cruised through country roads. There's just something about being able to go at your own pace and also still taking the scenery without doing something as slow as running or walking, if that makes sense. Sure, I could see that. So I find it very, very relaxing. Yeah, I like that. I'm a fan of that. If I uh, if I knew how to ride a bike, I would definitely join you. You don't know how to ride a bike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know how to ride a bike, but it's just been so long. Oh, you're fine. Um, it's like riding a bike. You just get back on. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I was Christina. I, her parents have e-bikes, and we took them out uh, last summer. Yep. And I, like, struggled to ride a bike. That's okay. Wow. Yeah, I have zero That's confidence okay. riding a bike. It's it's strange. That's okay. Anyways, keep going. I appreciate... Um. I'm going to go with the general term of water sports. I know I've already said swimming, but going to a cottage or going to my folks place and getting on the tube or water skis yeah, or wakeboard or even um, on my kiteboard. There's just something about it. That's really cool. I don't know. See, like, do you think, so this is where I bring up water again. Like, do you think humans are just naturally drawn to being by the water and enjoying the water or do you think that's like is that a nurture thing i guess is what i'm asking i believe i believe there's science like psychological uh scientific evidence to support the claim that water or being around water is a very therapeutic atmosphere to be in and it has something like to do with the sound, um, the visualization of it, and like it, it I I don't know the full details, but it definitely is calming in nature. When they were building the Humber River Hospital, North America's first fully digital hospital in Toronto, they were creating these chemo. I think they were chemo rooms that when you were getting your chemo, you could adapt with basically a huge projector and surround sound system to fit the type of atmosphere that you wanted. And I believe at the time they were planning on 80% of them being different experiences on the water, whether that was like a boat by the beach in the Dominican, all of these different atmospheres because it had such a calming effect on people during a time that was perceived to be one of the most stressful or anxiety inducing. So, right. I don't know though. I could have just made all of that up. Interesting. No, I mean, I think there's some validity to it. Yeah. There's something. What else is on your list? And my last one, I'll jump on with the hike train. Um, Whether that's when I say hiking, let's say trail adventuring whether that's like running through a trail that people could hike on walking on a hiking trail all of those various trail activities sure yeah noise any uh, any uh, particular trail that you've enjoyed a lot or any park that you would recommend people go and explore for trails so there was the classic cape breton trail that we walked i think it was called the skyline trail Mm -hmm. out east and it was beautiful it Mm. about i'll say about 300 steps once you get to the lookout point you walk down to another lookout point and you're basically on the edge of the of like a cliff overseeing the ocean which is beautiful and uh that would be my go-to there was another one also out east but i totally forget the name so i can't recommend it and i don't want to type because you'll hear the all over the microphone 
<laughs> Sorry, folks. That's fair. Maybe we'll post it on Instagram once I find it after this. Sure. Okay. Brian's top five places to There head. we go. We uh we did Algonquin a couple summers ago. Algonquin's got tons so of nice many. trails. And like varying distances. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not into, you know, four to six hour hikes, you don't need to do four. You can do a one hour hike. You can do a 30 minute down and back. You can do a 15 minute down and back. Have I told you guys the story uh, when I was in BC two years ago for work and I went on a hike by myself? No. no. <laughs> it's worth telling. So there I am. I'm on a work trip and I brought all of my exercise clothes. When I say exercise clothes, I mean gym clothes. And throw on my running shoes. I got my short, short running shorts on and a tank. Oh, yeah. And a hat. Nice. And that's all I have. Didn't even bring water. Went out to this oh, trail. Already sounds like a mistake. Oh, it was a terrible mistake. <laughs> Went out to this super popular trail in BC. Um, and it was right after I did the grouse grind. So some provincial park. Right. You're riding, you're riding the gross grind high. You've conquered the grind. You feel like you can do anything. And we want to go hike some more. So I found a legit <laughs> hiking spot in a provincial park. Um, parked, got on the hill, or the trail, started walking. And the bush is really dense. And I knew, I know bears are popular out, out west. And so with me being by myself, I was singing, clapping my hands, doing all of the things of making noise and at least being aware of the fact that there are animals around me just to be sure. safe. And so probably 8K into this hike, it was a it was a 20K loop or 10K loop. So 20K in total. Some guy and his two dogs start like running at, like, at me. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And he's like, my dog just chased two grizzly cubs up the tree and mama bear's not happy i'm like okay he's like let's go so we turned around but he just continues to run and i'm like i'm not keeping up with you like we'll be okay so i keep walking turn around on my way out and at this point all i want is water just so disoriented and want to get back to the car and i hear all of these this like huge rumbling in the bushes and then it stops and I'm a kilometer away from my car, so I start walking a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And now I get this eerie feeling that I'm being watched or tracked is the best way to explain the feeling that I had. And I'm like, okay, I just got to go. So I jogged the last 400 meters, opened my car, jumped in. And stupid me didn't realize all of the signs before I came in. And literally there's like... 10 to 12 signs all around my car huge that are that's like caution I, cougar territory cougars have been sighted here within the past two weeks use trails at own risk i'm like uh oh and then three signs over was like grizzly bear back black bears like have been known to charge at humans this time of year so I pull out. I'm like, ah, thank God I didn't get mauled or anything. And I go to cross the road and there's this massive bear that just comes sauntering across as I'm driving out. And it was right on the same path as I was walking. And I, like, no obviously it wasn't tracking me because that's not what grizzly bears do. They charge at you or they're just like, they're just chilling. But still, like yeah. my heart was just pounding. I'm like, 
holy smokes that could have been like i would be dead if a grizzly bear came after me out there i would have been dead no doubt 100 even a black bear at that point to be honest jeez especially with their cubs yes having already been somewhat provoked yep oh that's horrifying so don't go hiking without bear spray friends more cowbell yeah more cowbell (laughs) i mean it's quite interesting like they say, I mean, I think part of me thinks that bear spray is almost like a false confidence thing. Like, in order to use bear spray, you need to be like within like six feet of the bear or something. I thought it was like 15 like, not like a, Oh, I don't think so. It's not like a mister. It's not like you just spray it. It's not like, it's not, it's not repellent. It's like, it's a weapon that you would use well, on an animal. Have you seen it go off? No. It's never. crazy. It just like, what's the best? You, uh, like a flamethrower. Think of a flamethrower. Yeah, my, I'm envisioning like laser mode on Windex. No. Nice. Think of like, um, think about if you a were able thrower. to soup up a leaf blower as a flamethrower. Like a really high power. It, I, right here it says that they're 36 foot range. Which I guess isn't that far. Oh, 36, no, 36 feet, feet is, is like what? Far. 18 meters? 10 meters. 10 meters? 12. Yeah, 12 percent. Yeah. Jeez. You know, like you need to be that close in order to use it. That's not far at all. People no, don't feel realize like how that... fast, especially grizzly bears are. Oh my god! No, that's what I'm crazy. saying. I feel like at that point, there's no time for you to pull out bear spray. It's already. But over. you're not running. Like. Well, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, it's just like, and I've also heard that it's sometimes not effective or like, whatever. Um, knife and you know, like, if you miss, you got one shot. You need a knife it's in like, one hand and a, the bear spray in the other. That's really it. Yeah, like I think people think of it as like, oh, it's like bug spray. No. It's not like bug spray at all. No, 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 no. No, I know what it is. And I've I've seen it used before. And it's crazy. It shoots out so fast. Check out a like a YouTube video after this. It they're they're wild. But mm-hmm. I digress. Graham, hit us with yours. Oh, I was I sort of I I peppered them in there throughout. But um uh disc golf is big. Hiking's big. Um Man, have you guys continued to see the meteoric rise of spike ball? Yo, it's crazy. Yo, if you haven't played, it's a blasty blast. But you have oh, to play on... the right people. That's true. It it can be a little dull. We'll Competition say if, uh, if points levels. are over too fast. Yes, and I think competitiveness or the expectations of it have to be at similar levels where people can try. Yeah, but I mean that's that's every sport ever. Kind of. Sure. Yeah, but that, I'll allow it. Yeah. So so either way, <laughs> that's so every I went sport in, ever. I went in on a set. Like I like I have a set because I I've been enjoying it so much. Um so that's like that's way up there as well. And I found I've also just come to really enjoy the day outside you know whether that's just you know on a patio having a drink with friends or 
uh, just chatting or reading a book outside or something like that. Just being able to, you know, bask in the day itself, I think is something that I'm yeah. appreciating more and more. Um, not yeah, with, legit. not with any like specific activity per se, but just appreciating that it, that it's summer out and everything like that. And then, uh, the one thing I'll add is I, I've been really enjoying the, uh, adult rec league sports, uh, outside mm. in the summer, um, much more so than the fall and winter seasons for adult rec. I think it, there's just something special about, you know, having the organized sport experience in the summer that's particularly fun and a great workout and a fun community a community to be a part of as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's huge. You know what uh <laughs> you know what summertime activity I thought would last a lot longer than it actually did? Like I thought would catch on and people would really start doing it. What's that? Outdoor bubble soccer. Mm. Remember when bubble soccer was huge? Yeah, so like you don't really hear, you know you see bubble soccer fundraisers. We did that bubble soccer right to play fundraiser. Yep. You know I feel like more people would have caught on. So as it, it just feels like it's died out. As it turns out, and I can speak to this because bubble soccer intramurals were tried at Waterloo, and I, um, we've had discussions about why they're not offered anymore. Um, people really don't focus on the ball <laughs> when bubble soccer is the is the mode of of the sport in the sense 100% why would you right so it just it, the 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 strategy becomes get the absolute biggest guys that you can and knock over all of the other team and then like just dribble the ball into the net okay and, and so in terms of organizing organization and like an organized league or, or something like that there's very little parity how is that different than football how is it different than basketball how is it different than hockey any literally any other sport well a small player in those sports can be shiftier or um more quick to avoid or create opportunities for themselves or others that mm-hmm. wouldn't be possible by a larger player um, or at least make the larger players' life difficult. But with bubble soccer, with the circ- uh, with the diameter of the sphere that you're in, uh, a smaller player, there, there's no benefit to being smaller, generally and really speaking. The, as well, I dis- disagree. Like, physics is still the same, bubble soccer or football. The lower you get, the better chance you stand of being able to make better contact. So in theory, a smaller player would be able to get lower and deliver... A bigger hit but you can't get lower but you're you're making the assumption that you want to be hit the smaller player would still just get walloped no but well no no i'm saying like during a contact situation i understand what you're saying brian the bubble limits your ability to crouch down no but is it like one may argue that you need a foot of gap between your head and the top of the, the bubble ball from what i my own experiences so, like, the lowest that you can get is to the bottom of the ball. You can't really crouch like you do in football to get more leverage. If no, 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 I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying, like, you change your position within the ball. I'm just saying, like, you get your overall center of gravity is low. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. 
and I and I understand that, but I think that's negated by any even minor weight difference in athletes. Um, from what I've seen and what I understand, it it's just it's pretty easy for someone who has like you know a thirty pound weight difference on someone to just knock them over if you're running at the same speed. Sure, sure, and yeah, and I think if the if the sport had caught on and stayed for longer, then players of differing sizes would have developed skills and strategy necessary to overcome mm-hmm. differences in size. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought on that. I can support I can support that comment of like of folks don't really care about the soccer portion of it. Because yeah, even when we fine. ran and it, like no one really did. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and we were just, and, you know, the reason I brought it up was that when we played it um, outside, again, I don't think we were caring about the soccer portion, but I just remember it being so much fun. Oh, absolutely. It didn't matter how many times you got hit or hit, um, it was just so much fun to be out there playing with your friends. And, I'm, like, that's the whole point of all these activities. And, like, you were talking about with disc golf, it doesn't necessarily need to be competitive. You're just out there to have fun. Yep, 100%. I support that for sure. But... Yeah. And like, you know, the whole point of this, the most of these activities you can do by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's really no excuse not to be able to uh, get out there and play kids, you know? 100%. That w- that's what it's all about, right? Always. Uh, Yeah that's our summer activities list we did a winter one uh season one it feels like maybe season two a while back anyways um if you have any questions comments concerns want to add to our list want to share yours you can email us at that's so interesting pod at gmail.com or get in touch with us on instagram at tsi podcast gentlemen make sure to put on both bug spray and sunscreen when you go outside this summer (laughs) And avoid any complications. Be thankful for the heat. Except in situations where you don't have a place to cool down. Because then it's dangerous for your health. But if you do, be thankful for your heat. Very, very great points. As always, take that advice. Get it there and play, kids.